In the words of Poe Dameron, somehow grace has returned. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to the first ever Comics with Grace-tastic episode of Empire Radio. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Grace. And Grace I'm, is back! I, somehow Grace returned. That was Grace. an excellent cold open, honestly. Jeremiah asked if I had any ideas, and I'm really glad that I did not propose any ideas because that was hilarious. <laughs> I was going to like download the audio from the movie and then oh. when he says Palpatine, I was going to say, Grace. And then, <laughs> and then I, that was too much work. I didn't want to do that. No, 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 no. But no, yes, Grace is back. So we, did we announce that last week? I think we announced it last week or the last episode. Um, but we loved Grace so much from her interview that we had back in November that we was like, we need more of Grace on Empire Radio. And we know she has a love for the comics, Star Wars comics. And we were like, there's a lot of comics out there that we're missing and that are very relevant to Star Wars canon. And we're like, we got to give Grace an outlet because she doesn't have nerdy friends to (laughs) talk about stuff like this. So like we thought, what better way than to have Grace on and do comics with Grace. So it's going to be an ongoing semi-regular series. Um, and so it's going to be the same format as EU with Andrew. So she's going to pick a comic series or something, whatever, and she's going to do a PowerPoint presentation. So if you're watching or listening to the audio-only version right now, go on YouTube and watch the PowerPoint presentation. So uh, Grace made a great PowerPoint. I don't know. I've only skimmed it just because uh, she just wanted to <laughs> look over it, but I don't know. I don't want any spoilers, so I didn't read anything. But, yes. So Grace is going to be on doing comics with grace maybe four times a year five times a year it kind of all depends on availability and scheduling and stuff so probably between shows is when we'll have her on at least once between each show so we don't know when the next show is going to be so we don't know Just when like we didn't know when palpatine was going to return <laughs> we like to keep you guys guessing yep so, yes. So I'll probably have the Spotify Q&A question as, you know, what comic, canon comics would you like Grace to cover? Because there's a lot out there and I'm sure there's comics that you guys want us to go over. And so just give your ideas and I'll pass them along to Grace. Um, but I'm sure she has a whole list of comics that she wants to do as well. So I'm excited for this. Oh, and also Drew's not here. <laughs> he's uh, he's. Today, as of so, this is Wednesday, the seventeenth. He's coming back to Minnesota from a vacation, Hawaii. So I think he might be back or something. But jet lag and traveling and all that crazy stuff, like 
he wasn't going to be here tonight. <laughs> so. That is a rough adjustment too, going from Hawaii, where I'm sure the weather is lovely currently, to Minnesota, <laughs> where it's like below zero currently. Uh, yeah, I feel for him. Sending strength. Yep, I was. He was posting a lot of stuff on his Instagram stories and stuff like that. So <laughs> he looked like he had a lot of fun, and now he's returning to the cold in Minnesota. <laughs> Real life. All right. Well, before we jump into the presentation. We always go over big news when it pops up in Star Wars. So I don't know if you saw last week or not, Grace, but they made a huge announcement of a new movie coming out for Star Wars. Yeah. Okay, which came out of nowhere. No one knew this was happening, but they uh, Lucasfilm officially announced the Mandalorian and Grogu movie. Seems like this can be written and directed by Dave Favreau or something like that. So... Yeah. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was super surprised, especially because they already had given us, like, I guess at Star Wars Celebration, the announcements about the other three movies. Right. Um, and we were kind of waiting to hear what was going to happen with Mandalorian Season 4. So I guess this will be instead of Mandalorian Season 4? Mm, no, it looks like, I don't know if it's official or if it was just what was kind of unconfirmed rumors, but this is going to be separate than Season 4 of Mandalorian. Okay, wow, so, incredible. So if I had to guess, we're going to get season four, and then we're going to get the movie. Okay. They, I think they said later this year they're going to start production on that movie, Yeah, meaning it might be like, so this is, if they start fall, filming yeah. in fall of this year, you know, two years like a year and a half two years you know summer 2026 or something or maybe just they usually do december movie release so maybe it's but we also have like the other movies that might be coming on 2025 or 2026 so we don't know it's kind of weird that they announced this um yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Part of me feels like, and I, I saw some other people saying this, so this is not my unique insight, but um, potentially like they want to to announce this movie because it could have a bit of a quicker turnaround. Like the nature of the Mandalorian is such that you don't really need an actor right. to play the Mandalorian or Grogu. Right. So it, it would is... be a lot, and you don't need a lot of CGI if you're doing like the volume stuff. So right. maybe maybe it's quicker than an average movie, and that's why they. They want to I'm give us some more guessing content. I, I was thinking that about the um, volume. And so, you know, if they're, you know, a, a season, you know, is, you know, 45 minute episodes and they do eight, like they're only doing three episodes worth or something like that of a length of a, for a movie. Maybe, you know, because I doubt it's going to be longer, much longer than two hours if it's two hour and 15 minutes or yeah. something that's only three episodes four episodes of the mandalorian so they could easily push that out if they're doing the volume and if it's a singular story like they can be quick and to the point they don't need yeah to the change side different diff side quests they don't need different planets well they'll mm -hmm. probably have different planets but i like guess they're, they're not doing a full production of a season so who knows maybe we could get it in late 2025 like if they just film in this fall and then they release it in the fall of the next yeah. year like they could do that who knows um it's not something that i wanted really no 
So, but it's not something that I'll complain about. You know, like I, I saw also some people say, "Oh, it's just a cynical cash grab. They're taking something that we could have for free on Disney Plus and making us pay for it in the movie theaters." And right. my response to that is like, "I am so happy to pay if Grogu is involved. Like, no <laughs> worries. Take my money, so, Disney. It's okay." So. You've never listened to our breakdowns of Mandalorian stuff, have you? No. Are you guys not Grogu fans? I, I'm not a Grogu. I'm over that <gasps> gimmick. <laughs> what? Jeremiah, I literally brought him tonight to help oh, us with the podcast. I'm... Ooh. What? <laughs> so, no. after season two of Mandalorian, I'm like, great. He's gone. He's with Luke. We might not see him again for a long time, a couple few years. Like he's, We're going to not see him. We're, I'm like, I'm good. That gimmick is gone. The merch is, they've made enough money on the merch. That's the only reason they made Grogu is to sell merch. Go, it worked on you. You got yeah. Grogu right there. I have everything Grogu. I have Grogu tea over there. Like Dude, all my you, stuff is You Grogu. basically funded this movie probably. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just don't care about Grogu anymore. Okay. Like I, I kind of, when he got, was a little bit more capable in season three. I was like, okay, fine. Maybe, but he's still a baby and he's just like a ball and chain in a sense, I don't know. It sounds <laughs> terrible, but like, I don't need him. Like, I there's better stories without him. I think. I um, I mean, like, of course there are better stories, right? Like, I would prefer we get a movie about Ahsoka, of course. But if I had to pick between, you know, Mando and Grogu, I'm I'm Team Grogu all the way. Okay, <laughs> well, but that's that's the big news, and they also officially announced that uh, the production of season two of Ahsoka. So, yeah, which like, is great. So, like, because it was like a month or two ago, like, people were already saying, like, they're not even going to do season two because, like, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson was made a comment, like, oh, they didn't even talk to me about, yeah. about season two. I'm like, whatever. That's such a lie. Whenever an actor says they haven't talked to me about something yet, they probably yeah. have. Like, they've talked. Yeah. The whole Mandoverse story, like, how it's going to conclude with the Thrawn movie. Who know, like in a few years, like all the shows and all the movies for that are all planned out. Like, like they know they're not gonna like, oh, are we gonna do season two? We gotta see how well it does. Like, no, like Yeah, and it also as far as I can tell at this point, like uh Dave Filoni is more or less like leading the ship for Lucasfilm. Yeah, so uh, he's like I <laughs> chief creative officer, he just got that promotion. Exactly. So I can't see a world in which they're like, No, you're like baby ahsoka is not going to get a completion of her story you know right so but yeah that is news so we might as well start your presentation so next week on the podcast we are going over the eye of darkness which is the next high republic adult novel which Mm -hmm. is the first book of phase three which is a continuation of the three books in phase one. So it's kind of confusing. But um, yes, so if you read those first three books, um, this is the next book. And so uh, when I talked with Grace about comics with Grace series, like she had this idea of this comic series, which is from phase two, which kind of is like a prequel story for one of the characters that we get in these books. And so I was like, perfect. And after reading that book, I'm even more thankful that she went with this because there's a lot of backstory. So oh, yeah. that being said, there, we might reference some spoilers for the book as because there's going to be overlap with characters and whatnot. Um, 
but yeah and yeah. I think generally I like obviously spoilers for the comic I'm gonna right. show a big portion of it so beware and like potentially like mild spoilers for other high republic like phase right. one like again I, I'm not gonna get into detail but just just in case yeah so prepare yourself for spoilers because this like just like with EU with Andrew he's just gonna say everything about the story so we're gonna get us she's gonna do a summary of well I'll let you take over so okay okay amazing well first of all i i feel like i didn't really respond to your introduction so i wanted to say i'm so happy to be here and really excited to be doing this and um there are like so many incredible star wars comics and obviously like also high republic comics and while i am not actually like a true expert in comics i, I got into them a bit later in life i have really enjoyed the star wars comics in particular i more dabble in marvel comics but i i and i think this one is a good example of the way that they both give us a better sense of like you know we get some of the action and exciting elements of star wars that are fun to watch on the big screen but then also get into a little bit uh, more of like the emotions and things that characters are thinking about things that we don't usually have time to see on screen or you know, right. in a cartoon. So, um, yeah, I think it will be fun doing this. So I guess I can just start um, my discussion. Yeah. Um, the comic that we are going to be talking about today is called The Blade. Um, and I will just go to some basic facts about the comic first. So before I get into this comic specifically, a few words about like High Republic comics generally. Um, as we've just alluded to, the whole situation with the High Republic is that they're doing this mass media release um, in multiple phases. So it's not just... They have adult books, they have young adult books, and then they have like children's books, and then they have comics. And they have all this content that comes out in relation to each of these three phases. So there's phase one, phase two, and phase three. Uh, phase one um, was like already covered by Empire Radio. Um, and then phase two like jumped back um, an additional 150 years into the Classic past. Classic Star Wars, don't like do a prequel to the prequel, <laughs> like just to keep things extra confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and now phase three is going back to the original phase one timeline, which is already a prequel to the Star Wars prequels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, though, each of the phases have like different comic tie-ins. So each of the phases have like a main overarching comic tie-in, which is like a longer number of, of comics. Uh, okay. It has like a Jedi like our main character and then it kind of brings in some of the characters from the books uh we're not covering one of those today just because it would have been too long and would have right. maybe taken a couple episodes to get into um but then each of the phases also have these like I don't know side comics or little mini stories sometimes again about characters that we've seen in the books and sometimes about like totally made up characters that like we never hear from again um yeah because <laughs> reading reading the the eye of darkness like i could tell a lot of stuff happened in like other books and other and comics and stuff that i was not even like because i'm like okay this thing happened okay and like in the next book like i'm not a spoiler but like this guy that turned to the dark side comes back and yeah. he's i'm like that is like wikipedia i mean he's like has this whole story in comics and i'm like <laughs> 
I want to know this story. And then like, I'm like, there's all this other background story with like the nameless. If you're familiar with that. Yeah. I want to know this stuff too. I'm like, Okay, you, Jeremy, you have to read phase two. If you want the backstory on the nameless, like I, it, it's essential. I think you'd really is there, enjoy is there, it. Is it just comics for the nameless or is there like, no, books? there's two books. Ah, oh, man. And it's like a whole backstory on Martian Rose, like family and how they like got associated uh, with the nameless. Like it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Just not enough time in my life to. I know. I know. <laughs> but anyway, you can continue. Anyway, okay, okay, yes. Um, so I I totally agree. I, I I before I read the High Republic comics, like I noticed it especially during phase one, where I, I got really invested in like Avar Chris's story, and then I felt like she kind of like dropped out of the books for like a book and a half, and like come yeah. to find out she had like a whole plot line in the comics, but um i just missed that so i think that's maybe one of the downsides of the high republic is that the comics are so essential versus like some of the other star wars comics are more just like gap fillers i kind of like i know how it feels to be a casual star wars fan who's just watching the mandalorian and doesn't know (laughs) about rebels and clone wars and stuff i feel like i'm missing out on so much and i just don't know that i'm missing out and i feel like i'd love the books more than i am just because i don't have all the context but Yes, and like I have to have a checklist, like checking, okay, like what like little piece do I need to slot in here? Oh, anyway, though. So I think that in advance of phase three, Marvel – oh, and the last thing I wanted to say about the, the High Republic comics, I forgot, um, is that there are Marvel High Republic comics and Dark Horse High Republic comics. So just to keep things more confusing, like Marvel <laughs> for each phase has their own like side comics and then like main storyline, and then Dark Horse also does the same. And like again, sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there's not. Uh, you can't read them in the same platforms. It's, it's a bit of a disaster. But – the comic I'm talking about today is called The Blade, and I think it was part of a Marvel comic publishing effort to like get out some sh- shorter issues of comics in advance of Phase Three. Um, so it was published, uh, yeah, 2022 and 2023, a Marvel comic. If you are interested in reading Marvel comics, I, I would just plug the like Marvel Unlimited app. I barely I, I think obviously physical comics is cool but um if that doesn't feel super feasible like going to a comic store all the time the the, the app is great you pay like eight dollars a month and then you can just read like all the marvel comics um like star wars and normal marvel oh, um, so like that's where i read this for everything yeah it's a subscription for everything but it seems like oh. a pretty good deal for what you get like i don't know wow, that's a good uh, deal yeah um also though if you can find it like for online for free or whatever i'm sure that's great too i just don't know how to do that um (laughs) so the comic was written by charles soul who is an author of like a ton of the well-known star wars comics and also the light of the jedi which is the first high republic book in phase one um so big name in the high republic universe and it's set um around 382 bby if that means anything to you um, and yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of like a phase connector. So the important thing to note about this is that it's not technically set in the like phase three or like phase one timeline. It's more set in like the phase two timeline. So the prequel of the prequel of the prequel, but it's giving us the backstory of this character, Porter Angle, um, this famous Jedi who's really known for his sword fighting, uh, like, uh, you know, 
lightsaber skills uh, and who we see a little bit in some of the phase one books and then who ends up playing this like big role in the first book of phase three, The Eye of Darkness. And again, like if you if you didn't have this backstory, I feel like his appearance would be a little bit confusing. Yeah, because like, I because he was just like he was just in the first book, the Lay of the Jedi, right? He wasn't in the he, two other two, right? Or was he maybe in the second one? I forget what well, it's called. I, I should I have think, written that down. I know he was for sure in that first one. Okay. Um, because that's when he meet he meets Bell and his yes. master. Okay. Yeah, um, you're right. Then the second one. But like, one, I yeah. can't remember if he was in the second. I, I was like, I kind of like this guy he seems like a cool guy like his old guy he's like the blade of bardota or whatever exactly i'm, I'm like why does he have this name i want he seems so <laughs> cool so I, that's one of the reasons i'm excited for this presentation is because like i want to know more about him because he just seems like a cool guy unfortunately spoiler alert they uh do not explain the name blade of bardota what? I know. (laughs) That's why I showed up to this thing. Like, what the heck? I know. Yeah, you and me both. But they tease (laughs) it at the very end. You'll see, like, Uh, the last slide. They're like, and now we're sending you on a mission to Bardota. So I think think they're going to make, like, a sequel to this comic, and they're finally going to get into it. But, yeah, we're going to have to wait. Uh, That's lame, but... Very late. Very late. Okay. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, Otherwise, I'm going to keep us here all night. Uh, So as said, this is a a story about Porter Angle, this like famous Jedi who's known for his abilities of a lightsaber and like generally fighting who we... No name explanation? Oh, yeah. No. Um, And... (laughs) It's the the comic is mostly about him and his like Jedi partner, uh, Barash Sylvain, who's like really cool. I love how she looks in the comic. She has a great outfit. Um, and we'll get more into her character and like their relationship as we go through the story. So I'm not going to say more about her here. Um, here are just some alternative covers for the comics, which I thought were great. I generally feel like the art in this comic is really, really beautiful, especially how they render um, the lightsaber fighting. Yeah, that one looks like a anime. Yeah, like I agree. Ready. Yeah, it does. Um, okay, so as far as like the main places that are mentioned, um, I thought I would just quickly go over this because somewhat interesting. Um, so Porter Angle is a. This is hard for me to say. It's a Korean. <laughs> yeah, they they said it in the because I listened to the audiobook for this okay. last book. I think it's Ik Kukrian. Kukri, <laughs> I don't know. Kukrian. You're doing great work. I don't know. I'm not even gonna try to repeat that after you. Yeah. So that's the he's from the planet of Ikruk, um, a mountainous planet in the mid rim. Um, I put a little information about like how this planet appears in some other Star Wars media on the slide, but it's not that important to get into. The only like somewhat relevant thing is that he is from a species that lives for a, a period of time that is longer than like an average human lifespan, which is why right. he is still alive when we get to phase three. Um, and then um, Barash, who's like the other main character, is from the planet Cars 8 or something like that. And her species is Cage um, and her planet is a small planet in the inner rim. And it's it's home to these two warring factions. You actually get a little bit more of this backstory in phase two. So if you guys ever cover that, maybe we'll touch on it. 
Um, but apparently this also, the planet also appeared in um, the Clone Wars, which I, I looked up the episode and I didn't really remember it, but I think at like some point, maybe like Mace Windu visits the planet or something. So kind of an interesting connection. That's not the one with Jar Jar's girlfriend, is it? It might have been. I don't know. We not, can... She's not that species. Like she's more humanoid looking. So no. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up. It was one of the early seasons, so I don't think it was that one. Okay. But, um, okay. So the other main character, or perhaps the main villain, and somebody who definitely connects to Phase 3 is this General Vise character. She is like this big mercenary, and she's causing lots of trouble in the comic. And she ends up becoming like important and connected to the Nihil in Phase 3. Uh, and it's clear from like what's happening in the books that she has this long history with Porter Angle, but it is never explained. So this comic tells kind of the story of why they have so much animosity. And also, I just think she's really cool looking, like love the purple vibes. And I yeah, always yeah, think that like, that cosplay. right. Oh, I love that. I love the Miri Allen cosplay, right? Like the green skin is so fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I read somewhere that like the little like black markings are tattoos that represent like significant events in the life of Amiri Allen or something oh, like that. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. And then our last two main characters are this Prince Colden of Firebrail and Princess Sick. Katra of Bethune. So as we'll see when we get into the story, the general plot of this comic is that there is a conflict on this planet. Um, do I have it written down? Yeah, uh, Savor. And uh, the Jedi are asked to come help mediate the conflict. And the conflict is that this prince has uh, like basically eloped with the princess from the two like warring nations and Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I know it's like, it's like a really basic <laughs> Romeo Juliet story. <laughs> uh, the Jedi get involved and the mercenaries get involved and there's lots of conflict and eventually a resolution. All right. Um, but I did want to like talk a little bit about the planet too. So yeah, it's uh, the planet Gonsivor, um, known as the planet, uh, of knives um it's in the outer rim oh on the republic frontier yes and it's home to these two like city states firevale and bethune and firevale has a valuable like mineral which is i think why the two are in conflict because bethune wants their their mineral i guess the mineral is supposed to be like oil or something i don't know like again it's not like a super deep plot but it's okay um but it is important that it's on the Outer Rim um, and on the Republic frontier because something that they really get into, I think in, in the High Republic generally, but definitely in the earlier stages of the High Republic is that like before the Star Wars era that we know when everyone can easily travel in hyperspace and easily communicate long range, it was like kind of difficult to travel uh, to these right. more far off planets. And it was yeah. like very hard to communicate with them. And like one of the jobs that the Jedi had was to be like, I don't know, explorers and help bring these planets into the Republic and help them communicate. So this planet was kind of like cut off from communications until recently. And I think that's maybe part of the reason they have this conflict. Um, okay, great. So um, let's get into it. Uh, issue one. 
cool cover. Um, yeah, so uh, like in, I think, the other Star Wars comics you guys have discussed with Andrew, this one has an opening crawl, which I suppose I'll just read. Uh, <laughs> the opening crawl is potentially the same as the one that they use for all the phase two books. I'm not exactly sure or like generally the same, um, but I'll still read it. Uh, this is a time of great exploration. Brave teams of Republic pathfinders strike out into unsettled regions of space to build new communications networks and find hidden hyperspace lanes. Much is unknown. Danger is everywhere. The Jedi Order has offered its help to the Republic, sending its Jedi Knights to help whoever, okay, sorry, to help wherever they are needed on a far off planet known as the Bone World. Two of the greatest Jedi of the age embark upon their next adventure. And that's when Drew would push his bump, bump, bump button. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. We can make our own sound effects. They also have this um very helpful little uh, timeline for anyone who is confused about where we are. Um, I'm also confused, but we're we're here. Yep. High Republic. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. Moving on. So. Uh. Yeah. As the uh, opening crawl implies we start off on this planet called the bone world not really important what the planet is i forgot it was called that honestly but uh porter and barash are on some sort of unspecified mission and i like how the comic starts because uh we see porter cooking and like basically <laughs> the only thing we know about him in phase one right is that he's into cooking i don't know if you remember that yeah, Jeremiah. The, the- 12 eggs yes exactly exactly like <laughs> wait when does he make that it does he make that for uh makes it for bell and, and what's it, what's this Loden. like yeah Loden. They, they, they go to that planet because there's whatever problem elfrona yeah i can't remember okay but like he's like yeah let me make you i'm making this 12 egg <laughs> stew and blah 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 and then he referenced it again in the eye of darkness when he had to like steal like rations from yeah he's like i'm just eating it just because it's no it's no 12 egg stew i can tell you that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i feel like later on in his life his main like characteristic is that he likes cooking but here we see he's like in the early days of his experimentation with cooking and he's not very good so he's (laughs) he's doing all this cooking they try it it's terrible uh and he says, yeah, that makes sense. Do love to cook. I'm just not very good at it yet. I'll get better. So kind of like a nice wink to the future, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. So then there is like some sort of conflict. Again, what exactly they're doing on this planet doesn't really matter. They're just here as Jedi protectors. Um, and and I, I'm not going to read any of this, but... This is the first example we get of like his prowess with a lightsaber. He has this cool trick where like he throws these things up into the air and then he like reflects the blaster bolts on the things to hit the people. Um, <laughs> it's cool. I don't know. I'm I'm curious what you think. Like I'm curious as we go through it as well, but like how you feel about lightsaber combat like rendered in comic form jeremiah like do you think it's cool or is it just like not as cool as if you see it on the screen well it's just the first time seeing it here i'm I'm sure there might be a few more slides of oh yeah but but like i don't know it's 
white in the middle with a color glow on the outside, I guess. So I don't know. Like, you don't get to see like the like the the triangle like when it's going through the air. It's like a wave, yeah, like a fan blade. And so I don't know. Yeah, I think it's hard. Like I think it's hard for it to be as cool in a comic, but they're trying in this one, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, okay. And this is our introduction to to Barash. Um, and it's really interesting, like with no explanation, he says, appreciate the help, Barash. And she says, anytime, brother. But let's find ourselves a transport off to get off this planet. I've seen enough dead things to last a lifetime. And it's kind of like, why is she calling him her brother? What's going on? Kind of weird, but interesting. Okay. So um, then they like leave the planet and the comic gives us our first flashback to um, young Porter and Barash at the Jedi Temple. So I'll just read a little bit of this. Um, I think the flashbacks are probably like the emotional core of the comic um, and give us like some good insight to their relationship as the action heats up. Yeah. So um, basically... Porter notices that Barash is like not participating in some sort of like little Jedi training session that they're having with lightsabers. And he says, Hey, don't be sad. I know it was kind of hard to say goodbye to your other youngling friends, but this is a chance to make new friends, just like the teacher said. And she's like, I don't need friends. Um, and he's like, what? But friends are great. Uh, you can play with them and run around and help each other and cheer each other up. Everyone can use a friend. Not me. I told you. That's not uh, what I need. So she's really embracing the no attachment thing that the Jedi yeah. have. Like, good job, Barash. I, I respect it. Uh, and she says, I don't have any and I'm just fine. Um, maybe you just need to try out try it out i'll be your friend and you can see how you like it my name's porter angle what's yours i'm barash barash sylvain okay we can just try it but that's all deal so kind of cute like a little cheesy again they're kids but we we get to see a little bit about the start of their friendship um here at the jedi temple cool yeah um i don't have anything else i want to say okay so yeah, we go back to the modern period and they're like now on the move trying to find their next mission and they uh, meet up with this other team of Jedi Pathfinders who are like out on the frontier exploring as well and they find out that like they're, it's Porter and Porter's famous at this point for his lightsaber fighting. So the other Jedi master is like, oh, will you, will you duel with me? Will you do a little sparring session? And so Porter agrees. And like at first the other master is feeling cocky. Um, and then like, I don't know, Porter does this weird trick. I'm not exactly sure what he's doing. Like maybe he's like using the force to make his lightsaber move without him having to hold it or something. Anyway, he very easily defeats this other Jedi master. And we're just like, again, reinforcing the idea that he's absolutely like a beast when it comes to lightsaber fighting. Right. Um, maybe I should read. Oh yeah, and 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 I I like I like this little bit of like dialogue where the guy is saying like oh you're one of the best and Porter's like oh no I I used to be really bad and then like as he's defeating him he said oh I got better um yeah and then they are talking about like their their mission to Gonsevor 
Um, Porter is like feeling very confident about the situation and Barash is saying we're Jedi Knights. We're trained for this sort of thing. How bad could it really be? It will be fine. So they're both feeling very confident about the situation, which I feel like is typical Jedi behavior. Um, right. And yeah, they 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 head to the planet of knives. So that's basically the first issue. Um, a lot of like laying the foundations for the relationship of these two and then also like giving us a sense of what the Jedi are up to on the frontier. Cool. Question though I have about comics mm. in general is yes. like like that first issue, like how many pages is like an issue of a comic? Ooh, that's a good question, which like, I can't it- answer. Yeah, it's like 25 pages. Oh, okay. Yeah. So honestly, like this comic, I probably read, I don't know, like very quickly. Maybe, I don't know what's realistic, like 30 minutes before I went to bed. Like it's very, the ones that are like four issues, three issues, you can just like kind of flip through very quickly because there's not a lot of words and uh, they're not long. Interesting. Well, maybe I need to start reading comic facts. No, hundred percent. Get the Marvel Unlimited thing, and you'll just be like breezing like, through. I know, I know that like the entire set of Vader comics is like in one physical copy, like all the issues. Yeah, I'm like, do I want to get that? Just so I know about what Vader did. <laughs> you definitely do want to get that. Um, and it was hard for me when I first started reading the Vader comics. Like, I didn't want to get, like, I just was in bed, like, on my iPad, like, reading and reading and reading. I didn't want to put it down. It's pretty <laughs> addicting. <laughs> right. But uh, that one will take you a bit longer, unfortunately, because there right. are so many. <laughs> was it, like, 40 of them or something like that? 40 yeah. issues? It gets a little confusing, too, because there were, like, three different runs of Vader comics. There's, like, the ones right after he becomes Vader, and then there's the ones with Dr. Afra, and then there's the ones with Sabe, so it's, like, three different timelines. I don't know. Oh, weird. Yeah. The Dr. Afra ones and the Sabe ones are so good, though. I don't know what other people think, but I'd highly recommend them both. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, but back to our story. Uh... Okay, yeah, I had some other questions, but let's just keep going. Yeah, okay, so we have our introduction to uh, Gonsevoir and Firevale. And so basically there is this lady, I am not 100% sure what her name is. I don't think it really matters if she has one, but she's like some sort of emissary for Firevale, and she has sent out this distress signal asking for the Jedi to come and get involved in this conflict. She's basically saying, like, our princess um, has been kidnapped and we're, like, ready to go to war with this other city-state and we need our princess back. And um, the Jedi are like, no worries. We're here to help you, whatever you want. Um, And she's giving them some background on, like, the mineral and the political conflict. I, I, I don't know what you think, Jeremiah. I like kind of appreciate how into the politics the uh, High Republic stuff gets. Like it was kind of a disaster in some of the prequels, but um, yeah, I feel I, like in in book form, I, I mind it a little bit less. I I, I liked it. Um, I think that what the because I've only read the four adult novels of the High Republic. What I, I really like is that it. It shows how the Jedi married themselves to the Senate. Yeah. And that's a major reason why they got soft and fell. 
and all that jazz. So it's like, I like that because it adds to the, one of the aspects of why the Jedi fell because they weren't, they didn't stay independent from politics. Mm. Cause like there's, I think I went over it in like that second book um, mm. where I, I think I said in the podcast how there's a line where Stellan Geos is like, he's, they're on Valo and he's ready for this thing and how he's like super connected with the Senate. And he's like, mm. I, I'm proud of like this, this union that we have and like how much work we're going to be able to like help the galaxy. And I'm like, no, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. So bad. Like it's not going to work out. <laughs> like, have That's you, have you point. read or have you read or listened to the audio thing? Uh, Dooku Jedi lost. I have. Yeah. So uh, like that's where he's like super mad at the Senate because yeah. um, how the Jedi. I'm like, I I really like that story because like it was kind of like when it got really bad and when Dooku was like, I've had enough type of thing. So right, I think the um the the like Dooku I don't know apology stories lately have been really great like that and also the tales of the jedi stuff about dooku right yeah it makes me so much more sympathetic to him that that yaddle episode oh i know i love that i i still go back and watch that like on a regular basis like yeah no i feel like i've watched that episode more than episodes from the siege of mandalore in season seven (laughs) (laughs) of clone wars but I also love the one with Dooku and uh, like Qui Gon, like yeah, Qui Gon, when Dooku's like trying to like choke the guy, and Qui Gon's like, "Master, please!" <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is. It's so good. Mm. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. I agree with you. That was a really good point. Um. I also I like how in the High Republic, um, like we 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 see like there was real potential. Like the government was somewhat functional and like doing great things. And then, like you said, they just like made this series of poor decisions and all of a sudden it's all falling apart. Right. So, yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah. So they're here to help. I'm I'm trying to think if I should read any of these. Not really. Um, I, the one thing I liked though, was that it seems that this like emissary has a very like Padme esque dress, very similar (laughs) to the one she has. And, um, the phantom menace so that was kind yeah, of a I, fun easter egg I, when you originally sent me this powerpoint i was just looking it over like i saw that question because i didn't want to read anything but like i saw that yeah. i'm like oh and then i was just thinking like what if that like is like padme's thing but i was like maybe padme doesn't have all these expensive like like attire maybe she's just like really thrifty and she like gets all of her <laughs> stuff like 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 stuff that's like 200 300 years old like that no one yes. like out of style she just gets it and wears it because it's like her thing to like be thrifty and oh wear my vintage gosh. stuff like that'd be funny can just we make it. that part of the canon <laughs> <laughs> was a head canon but like i was just thinking like they could do like a like a spin-off episode of like her going to <laughs> the thrift store with Anakin like oh Anakin look at this look at this dress this is this is from 400 years ago queen so and so this planet had this this is like the, the rage back then and I was like can you imagine Anakin shopping though given that he wears the same outfit every day I'm like a little concerned about his abilities at a store that's what turned him to the dark side was like 
going thrifting with Padme. With Padme. Actually, I, I don't really remember. I don't know. Maybe somebody who listens to this eventually will know. But the Padme books, like, do get into some of the history behind her wardrobe. Like, at least some of the dresses I think she inherited. And then, like, they were specially, like, revamped to have, like, places to hide guns and stuff. So there is some canon about Padme's wardrobe. But we'll have to look into the details. Funny. <laughs> okay um yeah let's get into it so yeah basically uh they head into uh, um firevale i guess um and um it's fun you know they do a battle we get some more of the cool lightsaber moves and what i like is that like uh porter is the fighter of their duo and that barash is like the brains or the negotiator it's a bit like she's just standing there in that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) she she doesn't ever really like fight she does i guess that she doesn't like fighting that was like the the origin of their friendship is that she didn't want to participate in this lightsaber trading thing because she doesn't like fighting and so does she carry the fighting she does have a lightsaber um yeah So, yeah, we get this cute little dialogue um, about um, it's a Jedi, not good. They can die. I've heard they can die, which is, seems like a bit of a like a, a callback to um, the Phantom Menace when Anakin right. and Qui-Gon are talking about that. And then Barash says, the Force is always with you. I'm not alone. Through the Force, I am fast and I am strong. There is nothing I cannot do. So I don't know if he's like reciting Jedi mantras or something, but it's cute. Um and then we go to this next flashback. Um, so they're a little bit older. It's the Coruscant, the Jedi Temple, 17 years earlier. And I'll just read through this, I suppose. Uh, so Porter says, they're going to split us up, Barash. Uh, Razari told me he heard one of the masters talking about it, said we're getting too attached. Don't worry, Porter. I know what we'll do. We're just Padawans. If the masters want to separate us, send us away from the temple on missions where we can't be together. Well, unless we want to quit the Jedi Order, there's not a lot we can do. No way. I love being a Jedi. It's who I am and who I always want to be. Same here. So we'll have to do something else. We'll show them that uh, when we're not together, we're not very good Jedi. You mean make mistakes on purpose? Uh, Wouldn't that be deceptive? No. The truth is we are better Jedi together. Don't you think that's true? Of course. Our skills and talents support each other perfectly. You're good at sensing things, and I'm good with the lightsaber. When we're together, neither one of us wastes time working on things that we're bad at. I agree. I'm certain of it. It stands to reason if we're separated, we'll be worse Jedi. If we want to do our best, we need to be together. Once the masters see, they'll reunite. It might take a while, but we'll make it happen. They wouldn't ruin two of their most promising students, would they? When they come, we can't complain. We can't ask them not to separate us. We just have to agree, and then we'll show them the truth. How bad do we have to be, like, really bad? (laughs) I don't know exactly, Porter. Uh, Bad enough for them to see it our way, I guess. Let's just have fun with it. That's cool. Um, Yeah, it's like I... I remember talking. No, I think I went back and listened to our High Republic book breakdowns, and like, like the second one, the second book, like our audio got 
didn't finish recording. So like mm-hmm. we didn't finish, but I remember from that episode, we were talking about how, um, maybe it wasn't, I can't remember, but I just remember talking about how I really felt that like Elzar and Avar yeah. were a dyad in the force. Ooh. Cause like Palpatine says that a dyad in the forest hasn't been around for centuries. Hmm. Well, centuries before, like 200, 300 years ago, yeah. was the High Republic where Elzar and Avar were. And then now you got this where, like, it's probably true. Like, even like even if they weren't, like, trying to fake being bad, it's still probably true that they weren't as good together. And so hmm. I think the dyad of the Force thing was something that also fell off from the Jedi hmm. between the the – for uh, Phantom Menace in here that fewer and fewer people were together as pairs and had a diet, a special strong force union and that weakened them. So Wait, I love that. Wait, so then do you think that like uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin or like Anakin and Ahsoka had like were a dyad, but like they just weren't allowed to recognize it because like the Jedi were being so annoying about attachments? I think those were, that was just more like Jedi and apprentice relationships where there's always that like extra special connection. But, like, I feel like with Elzar and Avar, and then maybe here with Porter and Barash, that the dyad in the force was a more common thing that made that cup, that pair mm. extra strong, just like Ray mm. and Kylo Ren. They were a dyad mm. in the force that when they were together were able to defeat Sidious. Mm. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. I I I feel like one of the reasons that the higher public and like the nature of the Jedi is more interesting is that they seem to be more flexible or understanding about some of these like attachments and no attachment things. Like obviously they're saying here like we're getting to attach is the classic language about attachments and then fear and anger and the dark side and all of that. But I it's like provides useful insight and context to see that like, you know, Anakin and Padme being like to attach was not like the only attachment to the history of the Jedi. Like this is something that happened before and it didn't necessarily lead to like massive world destruction. So, yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's canon or if it was just a comment that Dave Filoni made, but like, the reason Yoda gave Anakin a Padawan in Ahsoka was because Yoda saw that Anakin didn't let go of attachments. And by giving him a Padawan, eventually they would have to separate. Mm. And that Mm. would help Anakin learn to not have attachments. Mm. But he can't, he couldn't learn that because he had a wife before Ahsoka came (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so like if he didn't get married and Padme wasn't a thing like Ahsoka was there to like help him not have attachments like learn how to separate from mm. attachments or being at least be willing to let go when they're not there like not right whatever that's a whole yeah. other conversation but the attachment thing in Star Wars is a complex thing <laughs> exactly <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I also want to get into it more, but let's keep going uh, before I get too distracted. Yeah. So anyway, we have this flashback and 
They um, go and speak with the field marshal, uh, who is uh, like from, I guess, the food, and he—they're barricading Firevale again. Like the exact nature of the politics isn't really important. Basically, like Firevale, one of the cities has been barricaded by, by the other city, and like they have no access to food. So the Jedi are trying to negotiate to have like some food and supplies brought into the people of the city. And um, at first, it seems like their plan is working. Um, yeah, we see some of these people like getting excited. We're saved. I don't believe it. How do they get past the siege? Does it matter? And then uh, these poor people look like they've been living on scraps. Agreed. Sieges are ugly business. Let's end this as quickly as we can. So sure, it's going to end quickly. Um, and so just when everything is looking really promising um, and the supplies have been delivered and like the Jedi are on their way to meet with the royal family of Firevale and like try to negotiate some peace, uh, General V shows up and asks, who am I here to kill? So, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. that's the end of uh, issue two. Cool, because I'm super, like, with General V's in the Eye of Darkness, like, I was super, like, I want to know what happened because it's a porter in the book and General V's here. I have, like, a major conflict. Yeah. And, and- I'm like... I want to know what, why, like what happened. So, yeah. Also, I, like, I need your insight on this. I guess Marialans are also a species that lives like an abnormal number of years. Like, I, how is General V still alive? Like, I guess because, like, I, you know, I saw that she was in your slides, like, before I started reading the book. Um, but I didn't really think of it until, like, I was like, wait, was this the person that was in? grace's powerpoint that she sent me i'm like oh and then it talks about like they have a history and they're whatever i'm like oh i guess because what it's 150 years before mm-hmm. the the phase one and phase three timeline so i guess so that just means that like barris and luminara could have lived for like 300 years like i i, I part of me feels like they're just kind of like retroactively expanding well, people's lifespans I, I think it's an established thing that uh individuals who are force sensitive can oh, live longer okay that's kinda helpful like, to know like kind of like in like that Jedi that fell to the dark side that we learn in I yeah, Darkness. Yeah, like whatever. He, he's just a human. Yeah. But he's. they said that through the dark side, he was able to extend his life much longer than any human should be conceivably to live. So You're right. Like, that is a thing. Like, but it's not, it's not really like a, a major canon plot point. I think it's just kind of more of an unspoken rule. Yeah. Um, interesting okay yeah anyway i'm here for it you know like that's fine and more more chances that varus will come back oh dude i i really want her to come back so bad right me too i i I know dave filoni is gonna do it but like i season two of ahsoka please please Uh, i feel like i don't know if she's gonna be around like if she can live super long then she would be but yeah i would just like like a mini, like give me like a four episode animated thing. 
sure of them yeah. crossing paths like between episode three and rebels like sure. somewhere in there yeah. with them them crossing paths again i i think it would be a cool story but i agree with a happy ending ideally but like i don't know how that would do, do that like <laughs> I feel like Barris would have to die. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel otherwise. Like, where is she? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm hoping like she turns good. Because like she wasn't like evil. She, she wasn't super evil. She was like she a was little just, bit like misguided by Palpatine, right? Like a classic. Well, no, she just got upset with the corruption of. She was kind of like Dooku. Like she just got upset yeah. with the corruption of the Jedi and politics and the war and like this is not who we were supposed to be yeah and she just chose to go down a dark path with that but yeah i feel like she had to have become an inquisitor i know but then why didn't they ever show her like there was they had the chance to do it in rebels and they didn't which i don't know it makes me think there's like some other plan in the works i'm hopeful i don't know i'll text dave floney and see what he's he's up to with that yeah, please do and like keep me posted. I'm deeply invested. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, wait. So this is the end of issue two. All right, cool. Well, looks like, you know, there's a big conflict going on in this on this planet and they got to like negotiate. And like what better mm. way to negotiate a conflict between families and cities than to sit down with some hot beverages, mm. preferably coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, our sponsor for today is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. So if you are having a war between families, if you're Romeo and Juliet and your families Mm. just aren't seeing eye to eye and you want to have your families come together in peace, Mm. use our promo code from Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. So take a listen to this commercial right here. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor of today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that whether you live in the Twin Cities or not, you can get their coffee beans delivered straight to your door by ordering them online. They even have a subscription service that ensures you never run out of amazing coffee. If you've been looking for some new coffee to try or a way to elevate your normal coffee routine, now's your chance. Head over to wesleyandrews.cc, use the code Empire Radio, that's with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, to get 15% off your first purchase of any bags of coffee or a coffee subscription. I can't think of a better deal. Get 15% off some great coffee, support a small business, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Do it. Do it. Have, have you used your promo code yet, Grace? Mm. You should do it. Come on. You're a coffee I drinker, sh- right? I, I should do it. Um, <laughs> I am a coffee drinker. I'm like honestly a coffee addict. Yes, I need to do it. It's fancy coffee, so... Yeah. Pretty, pretty bougie stuff, so. Yeah. The thing is, I kind of use coffee as like a, a drug, a stimulant, not as a, um, you know, bougie experience, but maybe I should change that <laughs> now as I become more of an adult. It's time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
All right. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. What's up? What's issue three all about? Let's get into issue yeah. three. Okay. Yeah. So I thought the t- uh, the cover was pretty cool for this one. We kind of get like Porter as a lone ranger. I don't know. Kind of gave me Mandalorian vibes. Um, but his hilt is kind of cool. Where it's right. Um. Side note on the hilts. I think this was in one of the comics, but apparently like all of the hilts during the High Republic were really ornate like this. And then at some point, like as the conflict with the Nihil heated up, um, the Jedi started like getting rid of the like ornate hilts and just started mass producing lightsabers that were like more standard and boring looking because they needed more weapons and they needed more fighters. Um, and that's like kind of how we got to the modern lightsabers where they're a little bit more simple and streamlined. Interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. So here we are, the walls of Firevale and we have Barash and, um, Porter talking to the prince. Um, they're like looking out at the siege, like talking about how things are looking bad. The mercenaries are here. What are we going to do? Um, and I guess uh, basically I can read this. So we just get a little of the context. I'd have said we could hold against the Bethunians for a good long time yet, especially with the supplies you two brought in. But now, with these killers they've hired, it's a different game. uh, Colonel, can you give the Jedi an assessment? Of course, my prince. Our anti-air defense array remains intact. We've got Fluk. Okay, he's talking about what they have. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, basically the situation is looking kind of bad. Um, they need more time. And Porter's like, no worries. I'll take them all on myself. Uh, <laughs> while Varashd is behind, you know, such negotiations or whatever. Um, and I love this panel. We have him like a little mini Porter jumping and then we see, like, as he jumps, he's deflecting the blaster bolts. And, yeah, I think the motion of the lightsaber is really beautiful here. Yeah, I like that. It's a cool slide. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yep, I have it twice. Uh, no worries. And then this one's a little bit too small, but I'll zoom in so we can see it a bit. Actually, the words are too blurry anyway. Um, yeah, so basically this is our first interaction between uh, General Vise and Porter. Uh, you know, they're just talking about she's asking her to withdraw her forces. She says no. They kind of leave it at that. Um Nothing super interesting. Meanwhile, in the palace, um, Barash is trying to like deal with the royal family in this like background Romeo and Juliet plot. So I'll read some of this out. Uh, she's talking to the Queen of Firevale. The Queen of Firevale is saying, I appreciate your presence here, Master Jedi. But so far, you've only managed to kaboom, make things worse. The attack will stop soon, Queen Charon. And how exactly do you know that? Uh, because I've sent my brother to stop it. See? Um, and just as like she's feeling so confident in herself, the princess walks in um, and says, I will speak to the Jedi. Very romantic and dramatic. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically the princess and Barash start talking and, you know, 
princess is getting into the fact that this is like such a tragic conflict. People are at war. Um, they're never going to accept our union. Like again, a bit soppy. Um, and then basically her big reveal is that she's pregnant with the child of um, this the prince. And she says, if my people will not accept uh, the blood of Firevel and my partner, they will certainly not accept it in my air. But you could abdicate, live your lives freely elsewhere, raise your family as you choose, or perhaps your union could inspire uh, your respective people to seek peace, something like what happened recently on the worlds of Iram and Arano. So I don't know, do you remember Iram and Arano at all from phase one? Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't recognize names. I think it was potentially in the second book. Again, I probably could have looked this up. But, like, I there was some situation where, like, the the the, the queen and, like, uh, the, like, the queen consort and the king of, like, both of these planets were kidnapped and, like, the Jedi had to, like, race against the clock to rescue them using Starlight Beacon. I don't know. That must have been... Was that potentially not in one of the three main books? You don't it remember wasn't it in, I don't think it was in the adult one, no. Okay, well, anyway, it's like briefly referenced in okay. phase one. But then all of phase two is basically about this conflict between Iram and Arano. Uh, there's there's two, there's, like it's either, it's half about the um, the nameless and like the Roe family and then half about this conflict between Iram and Arano. And, like, Wait, is Iram where the, the Starlight Beacon Fell? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. so then it probably was then in th- the third book, and that's why they were there. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I, since I can't remember which other book it was, it was definitely the third one. It was in one of the other ones too, and okay. I just can't remember which one. Um, yeah. Anyway, though, yeah. So it's uh, it the like main setting of Phase Two is Iram and Arano, and this like again they're at war they have a prince and a princess who end up kind of like falling in love and then there's also like a jedi and some other politicians who are involved it's a great story i really like that part of it too um and that's the story of the adult novels and then the young adult novels tells the story of like the roe family so uh just another plug for that um and I, I also think that these lines are kind of interesting because it seems like a very like Jedi mentality to saying like, oh, why don't you just give up everything? Because like the Jedi don't really care so much about like family and material possessions. So for her, it's like a really easy piece of advice. But right. the princess is like, eh, you make it sound so simple, turning your back on everything you've ever known. Right. Mm. Um, oh, and I liked this line as well. Um, this is not Iram or Arano or... Uh, a fairy tale romance could end generations of war. This is the planet of knives where choices cut. Oh. Mm. Um, and then we go to another flashback. Um, the the two friends are back together after this period of separation. And Porter says, I never felt the same without you around. I tried to just work hard not to think about it, but it was just different. Um, and then Barash is like, can I tell you something? And, um, he says, of course. And she asked, do you remember when we first met? And he says, of course, the first day of lightsaber training, you were upset, told me you didn't need friends, proved that wrong. Huh? Yeah. There's something else, something we've never talked about. Uh, the Jedi found me at a slightly older age than usual. Also, I'm cage, uh, 
people from my planet remember our memories begin almost from birth. I remember my family porter. I remember my parents. I remember my siblings. I remember how it felt to be with them. I do not regret coming to the temple, but I remember what I lost. Uh, I have found it again here with you. Will you? Will you be my brother, Porter Engel? Uh, I don't remember my own family, uh, but I know how they work. You don't have to ask someone to be your family. They just are. I'm no expert at being anyone's brother, but I'll get better, sister. Aww. I know. So I'm curious what you think about this. Because again, it feels very like anti-Jedi to create this like found family sort of situation. I don't know. I think... I don't know. I don't think that... Like I said, I earlier, I think the whole like attachment thing is kind of confusing. Yeah. But it's 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 having a willing to let go of someone is kind of more mm-hmm. what it seems like the anti attachment thing is. It's not that you can't have attachments; it's just you can't mm-hmm. have it. Like you can't hold on to it once they leave or when you're separated. You have to be content. Like I think like the closest that we have of an explanation is with. <laughs> Uh, Barris and yeah. uh, Ahsoka on the second battle of Geonosis in the Clone Wars when mm. you have Luminara and Barris, and then you have Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah. And Luminara is talking with Anakin and I think it was and she's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I'm one day going to let go of Barris, and I'm going to be okay with that. Mm. And Anakin was kind of like less enthusiastic about losing ahsoka yeah and so it's like there is that they want the deep connections with individuals but if they lose that individual they can't let that consume them yeah which is funny because like i guess i would be a terrible jedi when i watch that episode i'm always like well obviously i'm with like team anakin like do anything (laughs) to get ahsoka back i feel like so bad for barris that luminara doesn't care but when i hear you talk about it you're right that is the more like healthy balanced approach i guess and like we've talked about before on our podcast that like it was luke's attachment to leia and Han and his friends that caused mm. him to like resist the Emperor and defeat Vader. Because, mm. like, it wasn't until like Vader said, like, Oh, you have a sister. I, mm. I could train her to be mm. my apprentice. And that's when he fights back and goes, yeah. He's more aggressive. <clears throat> He's more aggressive. And so. The attachment to Leia is what caused him to overcome the darkness in a sense. Mm. But I don't know. It's complicated. Oh, I love that. That's really nice. I what do you think about this like line about her remembering her her family? To me that's like a kind of a I don't know, a sa- a reminder of how like potentially troubling it is that the Jedi take these kids away from their families. But also said, I don't know. She said it was her species, right? That yeah, yeah. She's more inclined. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. Like maybe it it's also a, a, a force sensitive thing because Obi Wan in the Kenobi show says that he has oh, yeah. fragmented re- memories of his 
parents and then a brother. And then Leia also had, <laughs> she remembered her mother. But yeah, was, she did. But it was like, even though she was only with her mother for a few moments, like maybe during pregnancy or just those few moments, she could still, the force allowed her to connect to Padme in a way and kind of like those memories that Padme had or characteristics of Padme were kind of imprinted on Leia because mm. of her force sensitivity. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. It is interesting. Like she said, she was taken a little bit older than most Jedi. So it's kind of like, why would the Jedi then consider that? Whereas in yeah. episode one, they were kind of more against it. Like Yoda was yeah. more against it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. It's not really, it's not super important for the story of the comic. I just, I also thought of it because of like, yeah, Yoda in episode one. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, I love this. We cut to Porter just like chilling on the tank with, uh, all these like fighters and mercenaries looking at him. He looks so cool and collected. Um, and so Varash says, Porter convinced the Bethunians to leave and return to their city. This is wrong. This whole thing is wrong. And he says, are you certain? And she's like, I am certain. Um, so then he like jumps into action, tells them to leave. Um, obviously, uh, they're not down to leave. Um, and I love this. General Vs is just like here in her like cool purple outfit drinking uh, like, I don't know, purple wine, like in the middle of the battle. Like, <laughs> good for her. <laughs> um, very color coordinated. And uh, she's like, okay, I'm going to kill. I'm going to take care of the Jedi. And th- this guy is like the guy from Bethune or um, yeah. He's trying to get her to see reason. She's not having it. Um, and she decides to come and meet Porter on the battlefield. Um, and so Rosh is like, well, maybe the city's defenses can hold. Um, and Porter's like, well, I'm not sure if the defenses can hold, but I will take care of things myself. And again, it's a really cool, like, yeah. final scene. That's a cool picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, like, lone gunman, but with a lightsaber. I don't know. He looks great. He looks so much better in this comic than he does, like, in the concept art for phase three. I don't know if you've looked. Or phase yeah, one, maybe. He looks yeah, like he's, he, like, Santa Claus. Yeah, and he's old and a little more... Uh chunky i guess he got better at cooking i guess (laughs) he was his best customer i guess (laughs) too Um, many eggs yeah (laughs) oh anyway so yeah he looks cool um okay so finally we have this is the last um issue i think it's interesting here he actually looks older i'm not sure if it's like foreshadowing or something but he looks more like the porter we'd know right um so we start um and v says i didn't catch your name jedi porter angle huh well master angle there's something you should know i fought members of your order before brave knights sent to bring peace to the galaxy some never came home they just vanished the reason is me i'm a jedi killer and everyone in my army knows it 
That's why they're watching. It's why they're excited. They know what's about to happen. Is that so, General Vies? Then I have two things to say to you. First, your name I will never forget. No matter what happens while we're here, even if you escape your name, I will always remember General Vies. And second, you may have fought other members of my order. Uh, and then I didn't take the rest of the, the panel, but he says, but you haven't fought me. Uh, okay. So yeah, I like this. This is clearly like the foreshadowing to uh, why they still remember each other uh, later in the books. Um, but yeah, they uh, start to engage each other in battle. Um, there's like firing on the city. The queen is upset. Um, Barash is confident that Porter will be able to handle things but yeah the situation is kind of looking bad um and general vis is basically like we just need to destroy the whole city and this other guy from bethune is like well maybe we shouldn't like destroy the entire city like that seems a bit aggressive and general vis is like well okay if you're not gonna do that with me i'm just gonna kill all of your people uh so she shoots them and uh, Porter is having a hard time. Like things are looking bad for Firevale. And then the princess gets this like secret message. And we're like, oh, what's going on there? Um, and turns out the like guy from Bethune is uh, in cahoots with the princess. And he says, princess, Field Marshal Tozen, what's happening? Why are you bombarding Firevale? That's not treachery, princess, treachery. The mercenary, General Vise, she has taken control. She's do she's going to destroy Firebell and plunder its ashes. But no, no, that wasn't the plan. We hire them to work for us, help us if we needed an extra show of strength. They're not supposed to. Tozen, what are we going to do? Then the droid says, My apologies, Princess. Field Marshal Tozen has terminated the call. I believe it was inadvertent as a result of the fact that he is now dead. <laughs> droid. So uh, just a clarification. Um, yeah. Uh, General Vies was hired by the princess's family? Yes, the okay. Bethunians. To get, to get her back? Yeah. Or, okay. Well, it's confusing. It's honestly confusing. This is like the fifth time I've read this comic. I, I think it, it, we're about to get into a little bit more why they did this. But basically the princess and this field marshal um, had a plan to force the queen of Firevale out of power so that uh, the princess and her like husband who she eloped with the prince the prince of Firevale could like take over as rulers and like bring in a new age of collaboration between Bethune and Firevale which like the queen who was old would never have been in favor of and they hired the mercenaries to like have an extra show of strength so they could push the queen out of power uh, but then General Vies was like, why would I work for you? I might as well just like take over the whole city and take these valuable resources that they have. Uh, so that's it. Again, yeah, it's, it's kind of confusing and I don't know how important it is, but um, huh. yeah. So Barash like sees the princess looking troubled and she confronts her. And so finally, the princess like admits this plan, which basically I just summarized. Uh, she says, we, we just wanted our chance. The queen, she's never going to give uh, Colden, that's the prince's name, a chance to rule. That's why she's holding this city, this planet back. So we, and then Barash says, by the light, I am a fool. 
and she goes to talk to the queen and like tell her the truth about what's happened. Mm. So let's see. Yeah, plot twist. Okay. Great. So yeah, then the queen is obviously really angry uh, and tries to stab the princess. And I like this again. They go back to like, this is the planet of knives. Only knives will answer. And Barash is trying to calm them down. And uh, come to find out the princess also wasn't really pregnant. Uh, it was all a lie to make what? the Jedi more sympathetic. I know. I feel like that wasn't a twist they needed to have. It was like one <laughs> test step too far, but whatever. <laughs> just to make it more like weird and Romeo Juliet, I suppose. Savara <laughs> uh, so is just feeling like very bad about herself and her powers of deduction. Um, and meanwhile, Porter is being very cool out on the battlefield. Again, I love this. He looks, it's like a, it's a, it's a cool way that for them to render like the way that a Jedi can slip into the force and use it to be multiple places at once. Right. Um, yeah, nothing else really to say there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the things are looking bad on the battlefield, but um, eventually uh, they, like, the princess and the prince go out and, like, make an announcement that says we're going to stop the fighting. And it's actually the mercenaries who are to blame and the like Bethune warriors take on the mercenaries and drive them out of town. Um, and Barash and the princess have this little chat uh, between Porter, your people and the remaining Firevale defenders. The mercenaries will soon choose to leave rather than take further losses. Yes. I see that this was the right thing to do. No, princess, the right thing to do would have been not to lie in the first place. Every person who dies down there or in the city can be laid at the feet of you and your husband. You are responsible You are responsible for all of this, but then so am I. So that's like a pretty dark conclusion really? to the story. That's kind of a weird conclusion for a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Tell me more about what you think about it. Well, I like... Even just reading the Eye of Darkness, like I think when like there's a scene when Elzar is talking with the council after his major failure hmm. at the Stormwall, and I think they said like you're not responsible. Like it's not your fault that this happened. Like there's other. It's the Nihil are to blame. Like you can't. Hmm blame yourself for this those deaths of all those sol- like the soldiers or whatever and so it's like kind of weird that she would blame her for two families fighting and i don't know i think that's yeah. kind of the only conclusion that she made but yeah i agree i also think it's like very it's, it's a very dark look at you know the Star Wars galaxy and like state of affairs, which I guess is like a bit more fitting with the themes given that there is a lot of dark, depressing stuff that happens. But yeah, so that's the, basically the end of the conflict. It seems like the Jedi helped to resolve the basic fighting, but they're going to leave it to the two planets to like figure out their politics. And uh, 
somebody shoots at Porter and Barash at the last second jumps in and helps him with her lightsaber. So we finally get to see her use the lightsaber, which I think is cool. Cool. Um, She says, hello, sister. Hello, brother. We need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm, Hers. It looks like her hilt is pretty simple, though. It's not as elaborate. So I'm not sure about my my insight about the Jedi lightsaber hilts, but that was, I did see that somewhere. Okay. There's a lot of text. Um, I will just read some of it. Basically Barash is feeling like uh, her judgment was clouded by their relationship and she's blaming herself for not being able to see through the lives of the princess and the prince and like better deduce what was going on in the situation. Um, And he says, what are you talking about? She says, this is all my fault, Porter. I told you to escalate, to confront the mercenaries directly. I did that because I believed what Princess Sicatra told me, a story about a young family in trouble, a child in danger of being taken from her parents. I did not listen to the force. I listened to myself. My own history clouded my vision. I was certain and I was wrong. And now so many are dead you, my brother, were directly involved. I told you to get involved. I could not trust myself. I cannot allow you or any other Jedi to trust me, not until I know uh, I am hearing the Force clearly. I will go. And he says, you're leaving the Order? And, he sa- and she says, no, brother, I am still a Jedi, and I always will be. But until I regain my certainty, I must listen. I will take no action on behalf of the Order. But you and I don't work if we're apart, Barash. I can't. I'm not. You are. And you will. Remember, you are not alone. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's sad. I know. I guess it kind of makes sense, though, like, that she's, because she, at the previous, whatever like when she blamed the princess she's like well I, i'm also to blame too which hmm. i was like why is she saying that well this kind of makes sense that she did kind of like did it made decisions apart from the force apart from the jedi code or whatever hmm. and but i don't know i feel like it was just too rash of a decision to make in the moment hmm. but yeah yeah, it's interesting. It definitely, like, unfortunately, this to me reinforces the whole, like, Jedi families and attachments leading to bad decisions things because she's, like, is saying that, like, her connection to her family or her connection to Porter, like, helped, caused her to make these decisions. And, like, I don't think I really buy that, but it is consistent with the themes of the Jedi. Right. It's almost like they need to have their own book series just to like expand upon these. Cause it's like, maybe like there's other stories where she's, this is like, like the last of multiple failures she's felt she's made. Mm. And there could be more backstory on like a, a line of continued failure because of her attachments. Like that would be interesting, like an attachment focused story. Yeah. Like we get that with Anakin, but yeah. There's so much more going on. Like, you can't just focus on it. Like, worry, <laughs> just focused on attachments and how that yeah. actually affects and, like, have that story expounded upon in canon mm. would be kind of cool. And have it focused on that. these two guys, two characters, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be really good. Especially because, like, we don't really 
you know, by the time we see Porter again in phase three, like he hasn't seen Barash at all um, in all of these years. We don't really know what happens to her. And he's like harboring this resentment against General Beast for like, you know, causing the separation between the two of them. But yeah, it would be great if we had more to the story. I agree. Um, but, uh, we don't really right now. So, um, he goes back to the Jedi council, um, on Coruscant and they're like, where's Barash? And he's like, I have no idea. Um, he says, I don't know where she is. Everything I know is in my report. I'm not sure I understand it all myself. Barash, Barash is a very special person. I think she just became, and then Yoda says, uncertain so we should unpack that i'm not exactly sure what that means but interesting and then i guess yoda says thank you for your or maybe not yoda somebody says thank you for your report uh porter we believe it is in your own best interest to be sent back out into the galaxy as soon as possible there is a situation brewing on bardota where your skills may be of great use and he says yes of course thank you so uh, we assume there is going to be another big mission now. Dang, um, I wanted to know that story tonight so bad. <laughs> right? I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> not your fault. <laughs> Don't blame yourself like Barash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but one thing I almost forgot to point out, like you might notice um, his hair in this, in, this con- in this slide and in this slide, he has the braids and it's the same style of braids that Barash has. Right. So he's clearly like, He's changed his hair a little bit, like as a memory of her, which I didn't realize the first time I wa- uh, read through it. But when I was just making the slides, I noticed, and I think that's like a really a nice visual tie-in, and also really sweet. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's the end of the story. Um, I have these like take takeaways, which I can talk about, but I'm also just curious to hear your thoughts. Um. Yeah, it's just an interesting interesting story like because like all about the the attachments that they have for each other and that story so like i like that like i think like we just i mentioned a minute ago like have a story about them and flesh out the whole uh attachment relationship idea that the jedi have um it just makes me this story makes me like porter even more just because Mm. he just seems cool Mm. in the books a little bit we have in the books and i'm like want to know more about him, but I'm still looking forward to the Blade of Bardota story. Um, <laughs> you and me both. Maybe they just got to make, give me a visual, like they got to make like a cart, like an animated or like a live action, just of like a five minute thing of what he does. Like, I want to see that, like, yes. the, the greatest 1v a thousand soldiers or something like that, just taking on everyone. Um, I agree. Like generally, if you were going to get, I know the Acolyte show is coming, so we're going to get like some High Republic stuff. But like if you were to have like certain High Republic characters in live action or animation, like who would you want to see more of? Man, definitely Porter. Yeah. Um, So like the Acolyte show, I forget. It's either 100 or 150 years before episode one. Okay. So like... The whole Nihil thing is going to be done. Resolved. Resolved, yeah. whatever. That's going to be all done. So it's going to be separate. Um, I'm trying to think. 
Because we know there's like Yoda and some of the other people on the Jedi Council are still alive in mm-hmm. episode one and during the prequels era. But like, I don't know. I think Elzar is a cool character, but he's not yeah. going to be alive during <laughs> that time. But um, I would love to see like Elzar and Avar and Stellan, like a, an animated show about them or something would be great because I feel like there's a lot there. Well, who would, if they did live action, who would play like, because Avar is blonde. Okay. So you could definitely have like you... Emma Stone. Or yeah. Okay. Like, I like that. She's, I like Emma Stone. She's cool. Margot um, Robbie after Barbie, she's uh, kind of got the look. She's <laughs> she's too too perfect, too attractive to yeah. have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, like I don't know, I don't I don't need a Jedi to be a Barbie. Um, You're right; <laughs> it would be distracting. <laughs> um, but like, then but then there's like actors and actresses that I think are like the best in the world, but like I wouldn't want to see them on screen as a Jedi just because it'd be like mm. like I, guess, I don't know if this is a hot take but I think Jennifer Lawrence is the best actress in Hollywood mm-hmm. okay it's not I, a hot I, take say I, more I think that her acting is the most believable acting of mm. like because like you can tell okay this is there this person is acting and you see that this like because acting has its own it's not real, like how we yeah. talk in real life type. It's just different. But like yeah. for when she acts, I think it's it's almost like a live, like <laughs> just live stream of a real thing that's happening. So like, but like having her as like a lead actress and like a, as a Jedi or something, like I think would be yeah. Too bad. She could be blonde too. She would be a good. I'm I'm convinced she'd be a good Avar. Who do you want for the guys that like Elzar and Stellan? Um. I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know. Either. It's just hard. It's hard to tell because like I gotta look at what they look like again. But like, do you listen to the audiobooks? Yeah, I do. So I have Dark one of them Dis- is British, right? Like Stellan is British. Stel- okay, so this but yeah. I have Darkness is the first audiobook version that I've because like, the first two I just read or the first okay. three I just read. So like hearing Elzar's voice, like how like low octave it is, mm-hmm. like I did not picture that when I was reading it the first time. Yeah. Like the first books. And so like someone with like a more like low voice, more, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. hard, hard to say. I'm not like clued enough to like big actors and actresses to be good but, at Like it would game. have to be people like in their 30s and 40s. So like, yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't be like a more seasoned actor, actress, because then they just wouldn't fit. But yeah, I don't mm. know. Because like we thought that back when they originally announced the higher public stuff yeah like we thought that once like you know the skywalker trilogy is done all the stuff is going to go they're going to do only high republic shows and movies yeah that's what we originally thought was going to happen and looks like they're not doing that now like yeah they're doing dabble it with acolyte but it's kind of weird though because like they've created a very rich world that's more or less like it's not really tethered to the original story. Just right, like, they can and, do whatever they want. Yeah, and like I would a hundred percent go watch like some High Republic movies, and they could like get a whole new generation of people excited about like 
yeah. a spin-off Star Wars story, but I and don't it, know why. But it's it's so but like I feel like now that they've done so much, so many books and comics and stuff like they would have to like do it between now they would have to be like phase two point five where it's between the events of one and two. Cause then you yeah. couldn't you couldn't do stuff during the Nihil stuff without it being like the main focus, but they couldn't do that story because the books do it. So it's like, yeah, they could adapt the books though. Like I would love to see the book. The books would be better in movie form. Sometimes I, the books are too complicated. And I'm yeah, like, I don't understand what's happening. I, I would love to see these books in like a movie form, but it's also like, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. So like, it's kind of like lame that like, I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> so like, I don't, that's why like, I'm, right. I'm mad that like people like who are like huge EU fans, mm. like wanting them just to like adapt the old mm. books and like, no, because I'm like, you already know what's going to happen. There's nothing new or creative. Like yeah. I'm just going to get spoiled for everything that happens because it's already been told. So yeah. mm. I don't know. I think yeah, they missed the either. opportunity to really focus in on High Republic stuff. But yeah. Maybe it, maybe it's not too late. Like who knows? Maybe. But we're, like but we're getting a Mandalorian Grogu movie. Yeah, Yay. Grogu, Grogu, Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Awesome. Well, I I didn't like really have anything else important to say. I did just have a plug. If people want another short comic to read, like in the same sort of realm of like these tie into Phase Three comics, um, it's. There is a two-issue comic called Eye of the Storm, which gives a bit more background on Martian Rowe and his, like, the history of his species, the Everetti, and, like, a bit more about their connection to the Nameless and, like, their vendetta against the Jedi. If you want the full backstory, you got to go read the books in Phase 2, which I forget what they're called, like, Path of Deceit and, like, something yeah, else. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, but this is, like, really quick. You could read it in, like, 15 minutes, and it's pretty you know, good. It's funny because listening to the audiobook, yeah. um, I really thought that Markian Rowe's voice sounded a lot like um, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Not really. Um, have you seen like Django Unchained? No. No. Oh, I'm you, sorry. You'd, I think you might recognize him if you looked him up, but he's like from Germany or Austria or okay. something. So he has that. He sounds almost the same as Mark Thompson's rendition of Martin yeah. Rowe, which is so like they could cast, but he's kind of like, he's probably in his 60s. So I don't know how old Mark Jan is, but. Yeah, I don't know either. Tell me your thoughts on Markion, though. Like, how? What do you think about him as a villain? I I like the Nihil as yes. the villain as antagonist. I'm kind of confused by Markion's yeah like motivation and like what his yes. plan is. But Thank I also you. think that it's going to get revealed in the next two books that we get after Eye of Darkness more. So. <sighs> I'm confused too, and I'm like, I'm, I, I kind of need them to reveal it sooner rather than later. Again, like, because I, the pieces are there, but it has well, yet to like come together for me. So I, when I, because I, okay, now we're kind of getting into like what we'll be talking about next week a little bit yeah. on Moody Review, but like that Jedi that turned to the dark side, yeah, that they bring in, yeah, like he was fighting against the Roe family and yeah, 
Exactly. In the phase two. And and like, cause like I looked up like the nameless stuff. I, so I got, I've looked up some of that stuff on Wikipedia about the backstory of the nameless and it's the Marquion family believed that it was wrong to use the force. Yes, exactly. And so I'm sure it gets more explained in those comics and what it was revealed on Wikipedia. But so there's that, like he's against force users in general. Like it's, it's, I don't, I don't know if it's like, an unfair power thing where it's, he's more of like a, a Marxist or something where he's against people having power and classes and stuff. But I don't know. I'm kind of, there's not a lot of detail on what his full motivation is, but yeah, he's maybe, and maybe it's just like power and control, which I felt like was kind of what they were just hinting at, like in the, in the, in the eye of darkness, um, like he's kind of lost whatever like moral justification he has. And now he just wants to be this like great powerful leader. But I don't know, like you said, we'll get into it next week. And like, maybe it's just something we have to wait and see on. Yep. Yep. But he does look very cool in this comic and it's worth yeah. a read. So uh, with, with that, we've reached the end of my presentation. So yeah, right. I, I, I hope cool, you guys enjoyed. Cool. Yeah. I was really excited for the story. And so I'm happy that you had this as your idea because in the night, in the book that we're going on next week, like we get General V's and we get references to Brash and mm-hmm. them separating and mm. him not seeing her for a long time. So, mm. like, I'm ex- I, I I wanted that backstory, and we'll see how these relationships continue on in the book series, if at all. Mm. So yes, exactly. And so, yeah, cool. Thank you for that presentation, Grace. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So maybe I'll stop sharing my screen now. Yeah, you can exit out of that. Um, Cool, cool. All right. Well, that's Comics with Grace, number one, The Blade. And so we don't know exactly what your next comics that you're going to cover is. We got to know when our next show is going to happen. So... Hopefully, in the next soon while, we'll be getting a trailer for probably Skeleton Crew, which is probably the next show, which is, mm. I think, any day, any week now, we should be getting a trailer or anything like something like that for that. So we'll get a better timeline for when we can have you on next. Now, if it's going to be like another four months until that comes out, then maybe we'll have you on another couple of times before the show, but... We'll, we'll let you know. And like I said, if you're listening to this on Spotify and you want, or even if on, on YouTube or whatever, put comments like, what do you want be, to be covered? What comics have you read or are curious about that you would like Grace to cover? Because I'm open to anything because this is the only comic I know. So like, <laughs> I, there's all kinds of stuff that I'm excited to. But like, it also has to be probably more of a, a shorter story because we can't do all the Vader comics in one yeah. sitting. And stuff like that. So, because we know you're super busy with law school and your own life, so we can't like have you on every week. But, oh, but I would love to discuss Vader comics. Every everyone read the Vader comics, and also again, like if you want us to do a longer comic run, but you like know a specific section of it and want to recommend that section, that would be great. I'm really happy to read people's recommendations. Like it would be fun for me, especially if it's stuff that I haven't or looked at could- super deeply before. You could start your own podcast. 
Oh man, <laughs> only I don't know, guys. Every every week you do something on one single issue. Or... It wouldn't be the same if it wasn't Empire Radio. Let's <laughs> right, be honest. You're right, you're yeah, right. you're you're nothing without us, Grace. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Say no more. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, that's the end of that portion. But as always. We have to end with voicemails because that's everyone's favorite part of every episode. So let's transition over to voicemail time. It's voicemail time. All right, cool, cool. Well, we have two voicemails tonight. Um, And first up is from Will. So let's take a listen to that. Hey, Empire Radio. Will here. Really simple question, and that is, what is the temperature by you right now? <laughs> At the time of recording this voicemail for me, it's uh, like 10.45 a.m. It's uh, like 25 degrees. I didn't know we were on Hoth, but uh, I'll be sure to pack my tauntaun before I go out and get groceries. Jeez. <laughs> It's cold. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Will. And so, yes, right now on January 17th, the whole country is going through a frozen phase. Everyone's cold. Everyone, it's snow everywhere. Um, so today has been pretty warm here in Minnesota. Yeah. Right now it's six degrees with a wind chill of negative eight. So that's. The warmest has been since last week, so we've been way colder than that. Uh, Grace, you're in Chicago right now. Where? What's the temperature now in Chicago? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually so warm. It's 20 degrees. I don't know how to check on uh, the windshell, but yeah, similarly, it's been like in the negatives for us pretty much every day this last week slash over the weekend. So 20 degrees. Like I walked outside today and I didn't feel like I was going to die. Like I, I basically feel like it's time to bring out like shorts and a t-shirt. So we're doing well here. So how how's your uh, experience with the snow? Because I know Chicago got a lot of snow. Because Minnesota, we only got like an inch over that snow, big snowstorm, but you guys got hit pretty hard. Yeah, we got some. It wasn't as exciting as I was hoping, and they cleared it away so quickly. Like, they're too efficient with the snow control here. <laughs> I was disappointed. I wanted school to be canceled. Oh, uh, that's not going to. There'll be like a foot of snow, and they're not going to cancel. Yeah. So, how lame. So, uh, I've, it's, it's a lot worse in Minnesota. Like, if it's not like over 12 inches like they're not gonna cancel school (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so like it was a lot colder over the weekend i think on sunday the wind chill was negative 38 for us oh my gosh and so i i don't mind it i think if you know what you're doing how to bundle yourself up it's not that bad like i yeah i get a family gives me a ride to church in the morning on Sundays, okay. but they couldn't this past week. So I had to bu- take the bus. And so I just bundled up and it wow. was, I was not cold at all, but it was negative 38 when I walked out the door. Wow. It was nice and nice and brisk. I don't mind do you, it. Like how many layers do you have to wear for negative 38? So I just, so I would have worn a t-shirt with a long sleeve t-shirt and a hoodie yeah. and then my jacket. Okay. Then I had uh, like a, like sweatpants underneath my jeans. Okay. So, okay. And then I, but I wore 
like a ski mask with a beanie mm-hmm. on with okay. my hood over that. So like I had my eye everything but my eyes were covered. Were covered, yeah. So it's just okay. at least at least you need at least two layers and then this cover skin, then you're you'll be fine. The doubling up on pants is key. I've realized that like one pair is just not enough when it's windy. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like if it's under twenty degrees, that's when I need like a second layer on my legs, but yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad, you know, <laughs> <laughs> spring is around the corner. It's going to be a while, but you're, you're a lot further South than me. So you're, yeah. you'll get warmer quicker than us, but exactly. All Yay. right. Cool. Cool. Chicago, next... Known for being warm. <laughs> yep. So next up is from Garrett. And if you remember from last time you're on, yes. he's that pod racer guy. That's, so since then, he's been chased down by the huts. He was captured by the huts. He escaped. Oh my gosh! And he bunch of bounty hunters after him. He killed the bounty hunters, but then turned them in because they had bounties on their okay. head. Also, so now he has okay. all his money. He fleed, and now he's on this planet that has like a new like racing scene or whatever. So that's kind of where we are. So let's okay. take a listen to Garrett and his question. Empire Radio. It's Garrett. Boy, am I having a great time over here on vacation. I'm racing every single day. I've made a whole bunch of friends. Oh, and the racers are having a competition between us that whoever can create the best racetrack gets to go on a free space cruise. I really hope I win because I've never been on a space cruise before. Anyway, I'm wondering, what's that one book that made you say, wow, the books really are better than the movie? For me, that's Ready Player One. I actually read the book before the movie, well, rather listened to, but I, I listened to the book before the movie actually came out, and I was really excited for the movie, and then I was like, oh, all right, kind of a letdown, but the movie was still really great. The book is just awesome, but anyway, see you guys next week. All right, cool, cool, Garrett. Good to see that you're getting some new racing friends and, and whatnot, so I'll keep us updated on that, but his question, what is our say is the the best book over a movie um where the book is better than the movie so this is not a good question for me because i i don't know if i've ever like done both on something so like i feel like the only exception was like when i was like in elementary school like like i remember our teacher reading us the bfg yeah you know oh my gosh yeah of course and like they made a movie of that like like five years ago and like i tried watching that movie and i couldn't get halfway through and i turned it off like i normally do like usually i no matter how bad a movie is i finish it and so like me not being able to finish that much goes how bad that movie was so uh, that's my answer the bfg (laughs) a kid's book kids novel thing was better than the movie but i know you you kind of do a lot more of that type of stuff right so I know. I'm lame like that. That's um. not lame. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I like, if you can compare them, I think that's kind of cool. So, I guess my my instinct answer was Hunger Games. I The movies are fine. Like, they're pretty good. Uh, but I loved those books. And I remember when the first movie came out, I was kind of like... Really? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's fine. But there's some... Like, the books get so much more into, like the dialogue and the emotions and like the movie is like really visually studied and there's like cool action but like a lot of the like character stuff is just cut out because like instead of having a conversation they just kind of like silently brood uh so 
I don't know. That one I feel like is one that I, the first one that came to mind, but I still liked those movies. And then the second one that comes to mind would be I loved the Percy Jackson books and the movies were terrible. And like, I think those movies are like actually bad. And now they have this Disney Plus show, which is like significantly better. But that was a time I remember like as a kid feeling very let down. Like I had read the books. I was so excited. And then the movie was just kind of like totally a flop. I don't know. I like the Hunger Game movies. I I do too. I'm not saying I don't like I, them. I, I the I books like, are better. I I really like those movies. I think I, um obviously like I mentioned Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> but I have to ask you. Yeah. Team Peta or uh Team Gale? Team Peta. Yeah, he's cuter. You're Team Gale? Team Gale all, all the way, dude. Oh no. Come on, Peanut brings more to the table. No, he was a he was, uh, he was a pansy the whole time. Like he's <laughs> he's he the baker's son. Pa- painted know? himself so he looks like the rock on the ground that she almost he's stepped blonde. on his face. Like, how does that even happen? How does he paint his face and then lay down and it lines up perfectly? I don't I don't I don't get Oh my gosh. Gale was way more <laughs> of a husband material <laughs> but it's oh. it is what it is they did you watch ever. the like the new movie no like i i rewatched the movies in preparation for that and i'm like yeah. i just i didn't have time because like during the busy time at work i just didn't have any time to mm. take off to go see that but i think it's supposed to like come out on streaming next month or something like that so i'll, I'll watch it then but did you see the movie yeah, it's good. Again, is the it? book is better, but the movie was great. I really like – I liked both of the – like the main actress and actor were both like really good, I, I thought. So maybe you didn't know this, but do you know – so the Acolyte show, the main lead, yeah. do you know who the actress is? Uh, like uh, um, I forget from what her hung- name is. From the Hunger Games? Oh, no, I don't. Tell me. It's Rue. Really? No yeah. way. I didn't know that. So the actress that played Rue yeah. in the first Hunger Games movie is the actress for the main lead in Acolyte. What's her name? It's like I a, have no idea. It starts I, with an A, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So That's so I didn't know that. That's, that's cool. amazing. But she looks mm-hmm. completely different because this is well, eleven years. A while years, ago now, yeah. Almost twelve years since that first movie came Whoa. out. So she's like an adult now, so she doesn't look the same at all. But mm. That's crazy. Hopefully also, she speak- doesn't get shot in the chest uh, by accident. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Speaking of books, I did get this. I haven't read it yet, but it's oh, Lost, Lost Stars. Stars. Yeah. <laughs> I have it. It's on my desk. Dude, it's it's so be thick, read. dude. It's like yeah, 500 it some pages. But it's like it a is- middle school, high school Stories like reading yeah, level, it's, I think it's kind of big, and like there isn't an audiobook. And usually, when that's like a book I'm a little less invested in, I'll just listen to it so it goes quicker. But like, I'm gonna have to sit down and read this one, so I'll do it, I'll do it for you guys. But well, I think sure we why. unofficially plan to do it for Valentine's Day of next year, 2025. Okay, well, because we're doing <laughs> Dark Disciple for Valentine's yeah. Day next month this year, so. Have I you just, started reading it yet? I have not because I just finished Die of Darkness yesterday and I have to – I okay, I make the schedule and I made a terrible schedule because I had to read that book. I have to binge yeah. watch the first season of Resistance again because we're doing that on the 31st. And then I have two weeks to read The Dark Disciple yeah. 
So that was my bad. I have been like nonstop Star Wars reading and stuff, but I'm excited for that story. Yeah, it's it's good. It's like oh, I told read you it? last time. Yeah, it's steamy. It's good for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not too steamy. This is a family, no, no. Family it's like it's okay. Star Wars, so like okay. don't worry. But <laughs> it was the most like romantic. I feel like a uh, Star Wars ever gets. All right, that's, that's good to know. But I'm excited for that, and it's it's lame because the the hardcover is no longer mm-hmm. in print. Mm-hmm. So so I had to go on eBay and find a like new version oh. and i paid way too much for oh. it. but i'm doing it for you the fans everyone yes. so you better listen to that episode because i spent a lot of, because then i'm also doing the audiobook so i'm all together i'm spending like i know 65 bucks for this book <laughs> what it was oh no the guy the guy was 50 dollars on amazon or on ebay and i'm like i i was like can you take 30 yeah and he's like it's i'll do book. i'll do i'll do 40 i'm like gosh dang it gosh. i'm like this is because all the other ones were all like all banged up, like bent yeah. corners and stuff. And I'm like, but this is like almost like brand new quality. I was like, I, I'll do 40. But then you got to do tax and then like shipping or whatever. So it was like almost 50 bucks. And then it's 15 bucks for the audio book. So I'm like 65 bucks into this book. Yeah, <sighs> but, sounds whatever. like a good, you know, good financial choice. <laughs> Maybe. But... For the yes. fans. For the fans. Do it for the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's voicemails. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Will. Um, so next week, as we've mentioned, we'll be covering The Eye of Darkness, which is the fourth book of the adult novels of the High Republic uh, story. So, But the first book of Phase 3, so it's kind of confusing. But yeah, so I'm excited for that. So Drew will be back next week. Grace will be joining us for that. And so I'll be excited for that one. See what Drew, because he listened to the audio book and read it on his flight to Hawaii. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Um, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And I think we have some good things to talk about. So um, if you want, you can quick give a plug on your Instagram if you want to get people to follow you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's I forgot I had that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if you're if you're interested in following uh, my Instagram account, uh, where I post generally Star Wars related things, occasionally other nerd culture related things, and or, a lot of photos or law school uh, textbook <laughs> things. I <didn't> yeah, <laughs> or law school. T- Sometimes I just post things that I think are funny and like hope that other people on the internet will share and laughing at them with me. Uh, not a lot of people I, I laugh do. At that, that, oh, thank you. I, I paused it like so I could read the whole thing. Like, <laughs> I never thought of that before. That's kind of true. <laughs> thank you. Because sometimes I send them to my friends and they just look or like, what are you doing, Grace? So thank you for the validation, Jeremiah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's gals uh, underscore of the galaxy. Um, it's a cosplay Instagram, but it has a little bit of everything sprinkled in. So would yeah. love for you guys to join me there. <laughs> I'm still expecting you to do a, a Leia cosplay in the cold snow. Yes. I've been waiting for that. So if you can muster out the thin layers of whatever costume you Yeah, I, I have to be honest with you. I, I, too, wanted to do that cosplay, and I accidentally left that one at home uh, oh, with my no. parents. So I'm not sure how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swing it. I have the, like, Leia blaster. I have it with me here, actually. So I'm, I have part oh, of the, cool. the cosplay, but um, I need to figure out how to get the rest of it so I can take advantage of the snow. All right. 
Cool, 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 cool. All right. Well, if you are listening and you want to get connected with Empire Radio, there's a link in the description. It's the links.co slash Empire Radio. Link's spelled with two I's, and it's a landing page for everything Empire Radio. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch. We Normally, we live stream when Drew's here. We do live stream on Twitch every episode. Uh, video versions of every episode are on YouTube as well, uh, usually a day or two after we record. Um, we also have an invite for the Discord. Join the Discord. A lot of fun. Um, yes. If there's anything you want to talk about Star Wars, there's always a channel that you can jump into and just start talking, and people will usually chime in as well. Um, what else we got? If there's, we have our fan email, so if you ever want to send us an email or whatever, you can do that. We have the link for the voicemail. So if you've never sent in a voicemail, what are you doing with your life? Send us a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Grace, you can send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you at randomly pop yeah. in and out. I don't even um, know how to do a voicemail, but I should try. You're right. Just come up with a question. All you got to do is like, what's your favorite whatever? I'm a, we've we've okay. been doing voicemails for three years now, so we've gotten a lot of questions. So Great. But I'm sure you could just Google random questions. like How to a ask good, a question. Okay. Uh, icebreaker <laughs> question. Um, you'll find something there you could probably send us. But yeah, anyone can send us a voicemail. As long as it's family friendly, we will definitely play it. And we love our international audience. So if you have a cool accent from another country, Ooh. we want to hear that too. And then say, if, if English is not your first language, we want to hear you say, may the force be with you in your language. Mm. Um, and finally, we there's a link for needlesslynerdy.com, which is an entertainment network that we are a part of. So if you like all things nerdy, go check out them because they have other podcasts, articles, and stuff on that other nerdy content. So if you're sick of listening to Empire Radio and you want something new, Go check them out. Um, I think that is everything. Anything else, Grace? Nothing else. All right, cool. Well, thanks again for this lovely presentation. Learned a lot. I'm excited for other presentations you have for us in the future. And we don't know when that's going to be, like we said, but we'll be excited for that. But anyway, you've been listening to another comics-tastic episode of Empire Radio. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Grace. And may the Force be with you. Always. Needlessly Nerdy, your source for all things nerdy. www.needlesslynerdy.com